As most of you know, we are going through a series called Road Signs to Finding God's Will. Is anybody learning anything at all from the last five or six weeks? Has it been helpful? Yes. Good. All right. Well, we're continuing that series today. And the sign that we're going to get to today is the no parking sign. We're going to talk about faith. Specifically, we're going to talk about walking by faith. Moving forward rather than putting it in park and sitting still. Take a look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Galatians tells us that the righteous will live by faith. By faith. 2 Corinthians 5.7 says, For we walk not by sight, but by faith. It's one thing for us to try to figure out what God's will is for our life. It is another thing entirely for us to decide whether or not we're going to obey God's will once we figure out what it is. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. We've spent a number of weeks trying to help you look at some road signs to figure out God's will for your life. And we've got just a few more weeks left in this series and we'll be done. But today I want to, I want to do a shift in our thinking from trying to find God's will to saying, okay, what happens when God shows me His will? Am I going to begin walking by faith? Am I going to step out and follow Him and do what He's asking me to do? Several of the men in this room today remember the night of July 24th, 2003. It was a Thursday night, sweltering hot day, and we gathered for our regular Thursday night Bible study. Except on that particular night, something very different happened. And that's when God stepped in and asked the men in that Bible study to start this church. And we sat there for a little over four hours wrestling through this. And I remember the drive home just a little past midnight that night. And here's the funny thing. I knew, I already knew after that meeting together that that was God's will for us. I knew that. So now I had a choice to make. Was I going to step out in faith and obey God and follow His will? The interesting thing is, nothing was certain. There were no guarantees about doing what God had called us to do to start this church. It was all a complete leap of faith into the unknown. And um, in the days and weeks that followed that evening, we all spent a lot of time fasting and praying and seeking God's clear direction, asking Him to confirm that this was His will. And I went back this week as I was preparing this message and I was looking back through my notes of things that I had written down that week 
And uh, I had written a lot of times uh, during my notes, this is crazy, this is crazy, this is crazy. (laughs) Because I tell you, the prospect of doing this just scared me to death in the flesh, you see. How's this going to work out? But there was one other thing I had written that caught my eye as I was thinking about taking this step of faith and being obedient to God. Here's what I wrote. A leap into the unknown with God is safer than staying in the known without Him. And that has proven itself to be true over and over again during the course of the life of this little church. The verses that we read this morning, a couple of them that I read to you in Hebrews 11.6, reminds us that as Christians, we are required to live by faith. But what is faith, really? What is it? Is faith taking foolish, uncalculated risks and hoping that God will come and bail us out? No, that's not faith, that's foolishness. That's not faith, that's presumption on God. Look back just a few verses to Hebrews 11.1. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is one of those verses where I think the King James just says it's so much better. You know, I've told you there are areas in the King James that are just hard for us to get our modern day tongues around. Some of those words are are hard. But there are some verses in the King James that are so rich and so deep in their language that you just can't improve on them. I happen to like Hebrews 11.1 in the King James. It says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now here's the strange thing about that statement. Substance is something that you can hold in your hands. It has weight to it. It has mass to it. Things that are hoped for don't have substance, and yet the Bible says that by faith they do. Did you know that by faith you can hold things in your hand that you're still just hoping for? We'll get to that in a minute. The evidence of things not seen. You go into any court in this land and try to present invisible evidence, they'll have you in a padded wagon on your way to a padded cell. They'll write you up as being a lunatic. Evidence must be something that is visible or something that you can hear. And yet in God's terms, He says, no, that's not faith. In the terms of faith, You can have evidence of things that are not even seen. There are many definitions of faith. Let me tell you one of my favorites. I wish I knew where I had heard this. I don't. I don't remember. But somewhere along the way, I heard somebody say that faith is like standing at the edge of a 1,000 foot cliff knowing that God has asked you to take another step and knowing with absolute certainty that the minute you take that step, one of two things is going to happen. God is either instantly going to make a bridge appear, or He'll teach you how to fly. (laughs) Isn't that incredible? 
That's a picture of faith, of trusting God, of stepping out with Him. Again, not a foolish risk, but doing what you know God has asked you to do, stepping out into the unknown and knowing with absolute certainty that God is going to take care of you. Faith. We've looked at many road signs leading up to this point today, but one of the major elements of continuously discovering God's will and following His will is for you to have the faith to step out into the unknown and follow God every time He asks you to do that. What does it mean to walk by faith? How does that work? How does that look? Well, I want to give you four things this morning that are requirements of walking by faith. Now, there are more that we could talk about, but I just I want to give you four. I've listed four things for you. The first requirement of walking by faith is that you know that God is trustworthy. You see, faith is not some ethereal uh, mist that kind of floats around and you just put your faith in some some idea of this God who may be there or may not be there. That's not faith. Your faith is only as strong as the object of your faith. If I put my faith in someone who I know has let me down a hundred times before, that's going to be very shaky faith. But if I put my faith in a God that I have come to know and trust, and I know that He is completely reliable, completely true to His Word, that is a rock-solid faith. It's not my faith that makes my faith strong. It's the object of my faith. It's knowing who I'm trusting. The less we know about God, the weaker our faith will be. The more we know about God and the more we know God, the stronger our faith will become and the more faith we will have. So how do we get to know God? If we want to increase our faith, how in the world do we get to know Him? Well, Romans 10.17 says that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. What you're doing here this morning is listening to God's Word. Hopefully what you do during the week is spend time reading through God's Word. The more you read about Him in His Word, the more you think about Him, the more you come to know Him, the greater your faith will be. See, we have to become confident that what God says will happen, will happen. We have to come to a point in our Christian lives where we can take our Father at His word. When He says, this will happen, or I'm calling you here and I will never leave you or forsake you, I will take care of you, we have to learn to take Him at His word. There was an awesome thing that happened to me that taught me faith better than I have ever heard it preached in my life. Years ago, when the kids were younger, I still remember the exact room we were in, and we were just kind of goofing around with them and having fun, and, and I said, hey kids, you know what, if we start saving our money, we can take a trip to Disney World one day. And, uh, you know, let's make a plan. Let's start saving a little bit of money, and one day we'll go to Disney World. Watch this. Caroline 
immediately her eyes light up. She says to Nick, Okay, Nick, listen. Here's what we're going to do when we get there. When we go through the gate, we're going to walk right up that main street and we're going to go find the Dumbo ride. Okay, that's the first thing we're going to do. And Nick's like, Okay, he's a little guy, you know. And I didn't want to burst her bubble, but I said, uh, Honey, honey, listen. Um, this is not going to happen right now. This is going to take probably a couple years for us to save our money to take this trip. It's not going to happen right now. She says, I know, I know, Daddy. Okay, Nick, listen. Now, the next thing we're going to do, and they're planning the whole trip. You see, there's a little girl. No wonder Jesus loved to be around children. All these self-righteous Pharisees who had all the, the answers from the law, you know. Jesus avoided them. He said, let the kids come to me. I like hanging around them. Faith of a child. You see what Caroline did? She took her daddy at his word. Daddy said we're going to Disney World. We're going to Disney World. You can count on it. That same week that I told you about in July 2003 when God called us to start this church, I began talking to Sandy and the kids about it. We began praying through it. And I remember the day that Sandy and I sat down with Caroline and Nick in our little kitchen there and we told them the news. We said, guys, God's called us to start a church in Greenville. And we began going through some of the thoughts and plans for that. Watch this again. Caroline says, okay, Daddy, can I color some pictures to hang on the walls of the nursery? Because I think that you know, I think the babies would really like that if they had some color on the walls. I'm thinking to myself, we don't even have a nursery. We don't even have walls. Nick gets in on the on the fun and he says, "Oh well, I can't color real good, but Daddy, I could take some of my Lego and I could give it to the babies to play with." And then he says, "Oh, but we need to be careful because they might choke on the small pieces." Well, by this time, Caroline has gotten up and run into the other room to find a coloring book so she can start coloring pictures. Now, we laugh at that, and that's real cute, but let me tell you what. That taught me more about faith than I have ever learned from any sermon in my life. Because those two kids took me at my word. And they started living as though it were already a reality. That's incredible faith. It's incredible faith. And you and I need to come to the point in our lives where we have that kind of confidence in our Heavenly Father that when He says, I want you to do this, trust me, we say, yes, sir. And we begin living in that reality immediately. But we have to know God enough to know that He is trustworthy. You need to spend time getting to know Him. Secondly, walking by faith requires a loose attachment to the present. When I first jotted that down, I had said that walking by faith requires a loose attachment to things, but that was just way too narrow. And so I changed it to say that walking by faith requires a loose attachment to the present. And that can include a, a whole list of things, really. It can include possessions. It can include relationships with people, a job, finances, 
your geographic location, maybe you're very tied to that, comforts, familiarity, whatever. You and I need to be very careful that we don't ever become so attached to anything or anyone that we'd not be willing to let it go if God asked us to. We need to hold things very loosely in our hands. Did you know, folks, that when God blesses you, that when God gives you things, that He doesn't give them to you and me so that we can hoard them and build our own empire? God gives us blessings so that we can bless others and so that we can build His kingdom, not our own. But you see, if we're holding tightly to the things that we have, we'll never be able to let them go. There have been many people, many people, whom God has called to say, I want you to follow me here. And they would have done it except for one thing that was holding them back, that they could not let go of. One thing. Don't let anything become a God in your life. You see, the... The first commandment doesn't mean much to us in our culture today. Thou shalt have no other gods before me, God said. Well, you and I don't have wooden statues or stone statues that we bow down to as gods as they did back then. But I tell you what, there are things in our lives that can become gods. Anything that we put between us and God becomes a god. And it's a god that we've put before Him. You remember Abraham, we taught on this a long time ago, waited 25 years for God's promise to come true and for him to see his son that God promised. He was 75 when God made the promise. He was 100 when Isaac was born. And Isaac began to grow and mature. And then one day, God came to Abraham and said, Abraham, I want you to take your son and I want you to sacrifice him to me. If Abraham had been holding tightly to that son that he loved, then the verse in that story that says Abraham got up early the next morning to prepare the sacrifice would never be in the Bible. Abraham got up early the next morning to obey God. Remember the story I told you a while back of the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus saw the spot in this man's life that he was unwilling to let go of. And so he sort of set him up very courteously and said to him, he began naming all the commandments that you have to keep. And he said, I've kept all those since I was a boy. And Jesus said to him, this one thing you lack. Sell everything that you have Give it to the poor and then come and follow me. The Bible says that his face fell and he went away sorrowful for he had great wealth. You see, his wealth was the one thing that he could not let go of. Let me ask you, friends. Is there any one thing in your life that's holding you back from walking by faith and truly launching out to follow God? Is there anything? Well, thirdly, one of the requirements of walking by faith is that we must be faithful right where we are. We must be faithful right where we are. 
in my company years ago, uh, we had kind of an unwritten policy that we followed, and it worked very well for us. And that is we would never hire anybody who came in complaining about their previous boss. Anybody who came in grumbling and complaining and griping how bad things were at their old job, we'd just sort of say, well, thanks for stopping by. And that was the end of that. We made a practice of hiring people who were already happy somewhere else, but who just felt like they just needed to make a change. We looked for people who were thriving in their old job, whose bosses sang their praises, who were successful where they were, and we hired those people. And you know what? They came on board and they hit the ground running. Same is true in the church. If somebody comes in the church complaining and griping about their old pastor and how bad he was and how bad everybody in the church was, I pray, oh Lord, send them on somewhere else, please. (laughs) Because it's just a matter of time before they start griping and grumbling about me or you or how we do things here, you see. There's a principle in God's world, a principle of faithfulness, a principle of stewardship. God looks for people who are being faithful right where they are And he knows that that's a person he can use further down the road. God does not look for people who are waiting for a better time to follow him. If you're taking notes, write this down. A better time to follow God will never come. You can mark it down. A better time to follow God will never come. Will never come. You say, Phil, man, you you don't understand how bad my circumstances are right now. You know, but but as soon as God gets me out of this, I'll follow Him. No, you won't. You say, as as soon as I get that raise, as soon as I start making more money, I'll start tithing. No, you won't. No, you won't. You won't. See, because if you can't be faithful with the small amount that God has given you, you sure aren't going to be faithful with more. And that's true in money. It's true in every other area of our walk with Christ. You don't mind if I'm that honest, do you? Good. You know, somebody might say, man, I want to be a great preacher one day, but they're not willing to spend a year teaching runny-nosed kids in a Sunday school class. You see, they want to skip the steps of learning in God's school. You can't do that. Can I share something with you? I, I don't tell anybody this. But I guess you're all going to know it and everybody over the internet is going to know it now. So that's okay. I don't like to talk about this stuff because, you know, people look at you like you're really out there. But I had a vision many years ago and and I saw myself preaching to people. Now, this was way back when I had my own business when I didn't want anything to do with this. I saw myself doing what I'm doing today. And it scared me so bad that I spent many years running as fast as I could in the other direction away from it. But when God began to bring that vision to my mind more and more, I remember sitting in my office one day thinking, Lord, how in the world am I going to make the transition from the business world to the ministry? I don't even know where to start. You see, I pictured myself going from my business to right here. Oh, folks, it doesn't work that way in God's kingdom. 
You know what God said to me? God gave me an opportunity to help my wife teach a little kid's Sunday school class in the church that we were going to. I said, come on. That's not exactly what I had you know, visioned uh, for my future. To, not Sunday school kids. I'll just wait. I'll wait until God opens up another door. You know what? God didn't open up any other doors until I said yes to that. And I said yes to that. And Sandy and I worked faithfully in that little class. And I tell you, there were some days I really didn't enjoy it. I, you know, I just didn't. It wasn't my thing. It was beneath me, you know. I know it's just me. Y'all don't think that way. <laughs> but I did that. And here's the thing. I was faithful in that. And then you know what happened? Somebody called me up one day and said, Hey, Phil, we, we've got this little struggling Sunday school class of adults. And we can't find a teacher. Would you like to teach that? And I'm like, well, a Sunday school class, that's still not what I had in mind. But I said, yeah, I will. I'll do that. And I took that little class and began teaching. And man, God started moving and doing great things. And then when I was faithful there, God said, Phil, there's another class I want you to teach. And I was faithful there. Some of you were in that class. We met downstairs in that big room there with that slick shiny floor. Remember that? Those were great days. Had almost a hundred people in that Sunday school class. And God was blessing. And He was moving. And there were people saved in that Sunday school class. And then God called me to another step. And another step. And here we are today. Hey, folks, let me ask you something. Are you being faithful where you are? You say you want to walk by faith? You say you want to know God's will? Are you being faithful today? You say, I don't like my circumstances. Tough bananas. Are you being faithful there anyway? G.K. Chesterton said, if you can't be faithful where you are, you won't be faithful where you ain't. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Well, we need to wrap up. You know, I, I don't mean to... I don't like to point out people in here and make personal examples but as I was putting this together I thought of I thought of Justin you know Justin there almost five years in prison he could have said you know when God gets me out of this I'll start studying his word and I'll start being faithful to him let me ask you church if you think Justin had done that would he be here today I guarantee you he wouldn't be here today he said, okay, these are my circumstances. They're not the best in the world, but I'm going to start being faithful to God right now. And God took that faithfulness in the, in the back room, so to speak, where nobody was watching, and He's blessed it, and He's blessing His life, and He'll do the same for you, the same for you. Be faithful where you are. Someone said, bloom wherever you're planted. God will take you on and do great things in your life. Finally, number four, walking by faith requires stepping out even when you don't know where the journey will lead. In the early years of my business, I traveled a lot, a lot, a whole lot, flew all over the country, uh, overseas, traveled constantly. And we had this travel agency that we worked with exclusively, which was a great thing because we built this really good relationship and they very quickly learned what we liked and what we disliked. And so we didn't even have to tell them, no, we don't want this kind of seat, we don't want this kind of hotel, we don't want this kind of rental car. They just knew all that. 
And so we call them up and go, all right, we've got to go to L.A. next Friday. We've got to be there for four days, and then we've got to go to Chicago, whatever. And they would work out the trip, and then they would send to me in the mail an itinerary. And I could take that itinerary, and I could look at every single detail of the trip that was coming up. It told me the flight number that left Greenville Spartanburg. It told me the exact time it would leave. It told me the exact time it would arrive at the next airport, when the next flight would leave, or what rental car company to go to, what hotel to go to, what the rate for the hotel was. It gave me step-by-step instructions of the whole trip there and the whole trip back. You know, walking with God is nothing like that. Did you know that God does not print out for you and me an itinerary of the next two weeks, six months, or one year of our life? If you're still in Hebrews, look at verse 8. you got to see this. Hebrews 11, 8. By the way, sometime, maybe this afternoon or this week, if you've never done this, take your Bible, turn back to Hebrews 11, And go through that chapter and every time you see the words by faith, underline them or circle them or color them. And then when you're done, sit and just look at that picture. It'll blow your mind. By faith, so-and-so did this. By faith, so-and-so did that. Not by ingenuity, not by skill, not by strength, not by finances, not by cleverness. By faith, by faith, by faith. Hebrews 11.8 By faith, Abraham... When called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, watch this, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. Huh? Now I know sometimes we read these stories and we think, well, Abraham was just an old hick sitting out on a stump somewhere whittling. And he didn't have anything going on in his life anyway, so God called him and he figures, you know, why not? Let's go. Man, Abraham was a powerful, very wealthy, very influential man. God came to him and said, Abraham, come here. Start moving. Where are we going, Lord? I'll tell you later. Go. Honey, pack up the stuff. Let's go. And off they went. It's crazy. It's crazy faith. It defies logic. You see, when you and I plan to go on a trip, we pack the car first and we start driving. When God calls you to go on a trip, He asks you to start driving and He'll pack the car on the way. That's what faith is all about. Walking by faith. Abraham could have said, God, could I see the itinerary, please? Lord, what about the retirement benefits? How's that going to work exactly? What about housing arrangements? You know, we just built this place here by the river. Where are we going to be staying, Lord? He didn't ask any of that. You remember when God asks, uh, asked Israel to cross the Jordan River at flood stage? You have to be a fool to do that, to cross any river at flood stage. God said, I want the priests to take the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders. I want them to walk straight towards that river. And as soon as they step their foot out and the bottom of their foot touches the water, I'm going to make the water stop. And you're going to be able to cross the Jordan River. 
They didn't know for sure it was going to stop until they took that step and put their foot down. Most times, church, I want to tell you, most times, God will ask us to take a step of faith before He shows us where we're going. Now, I'll be honest with you, I don't like that. I really don't... You know, David and I are the same. we got a lot in common. We're both geeks. I don't mean that in a bad way. We're, ver- we're very cool geeks. But, aren't we? But David and I, uh, you know, we're both the same. We're very logical. We're very analytical. And that's why we're in the software development business, or I was. Because things have a start, they have a process, and they have an end. And that's the way life works, right? And anytime there's a problem, there's a reason for the problem, and we can find the reason, and we can fix it, because that's the way we think. Unfortunately, for people like us, sometimes it's very difficult just to step out and follow God into the unknown without knowing the plan ahead of time. But I want to remind you as we close of what I said earlier, that a leap into the unknown with God is safer than staying in the known without Him. Life point, if this church is going to continue accomplishing great things for God, one of the reasons that that will happen is because we continue to take leaps of faith just as we've done right up to this point. God's going to call us to do some things as individuals, as families, and as a church body that we're going to think are crazy. And we're not going to be able to see the whole plan. We're not going to have an itinerary. But we need to make a decision today that we're going to be the kind of people who move forward by faith, who are obedient to God's leading, and who refuse to play it safe. You know, being in this auditorium today is a direct result of our obedience to God, to stepping out into the unknown. None of this would be here today if we had played it safe. None of it. Don't know where we'd be. There came a point when God asked us to step out by faith and trust Him, and we did. And God has come alongside and He's been faithful every step of the way. So let me ask you, what steps of faith is God asking you to take in your present circumstances? Are there any steps of faith that you are actively trying to avoid? Man, I've been there. Maybe if I don't think about it, it will go away. Maybe if I don't talk about it, God will forget about it. Are there any steps of faith in your life right now that you are actively trying to avoid? Folks, I want to tell you the good news this morning. God can be trusted. God is so good. He's so good. He will never steer us wrong. He will never lead us to a place that His love and grace does not sustain us. It's true. He's faithful. He's a good God. We can trust Him. How many of you when your kids were little stood on the front porch and you stood down below and you said, Jump! I'll catch you. I remember my kids when they were young. I I would watch their toes curl over the end of those boards 
in fear. No, Daddy, no. It's too high. I'm scared. Come on, jump. I'll catch you. And they would lean forward just a little more and a little more. And you could see the look of terror on their face. And then they would cross that point of no return. And they would fall forward. And the, the look on their face was priceless for that split second. I'm going to die. You know, you could see it in slow motion. And I would catch them in my grip. And I would hold them and hug them. And the look on their face would change. And what do they say? Let's do it again. Listen, gang. We have an opportunity to take leaps of faith in this church and we're going to have hundreds of them in the days ahead. And so are you in your personal life. You're going to have chances to stand there with God and God says, jump. Trust me on this one. I'll catch you. We have a chance to lean forward and say, here we come, God. Catch us. Walking by faith is one of the greatest thrills that you will ever have in your life. I don't want to play it safe. I want to trust God for things that we cannot do on our own. I want to walk by faith and I want to see God show Himself faithful. Is that what you want to see, church? I tell you, that's what I want to see. I trust that today you'll take this message to heart. And if you're not already walking by faith, you'll begin asking God to give you opportunities to do so. He'll show you great things. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that we would have a desire to walk by faith and not by sight. Everything in our senses screams that that's not the right way. And Lord, that's exactly why You've told us not to walk by sight, not to walk by our feelings, but to walk by faith. I pray, Lord, that our faith would increase that we would be eager to step out and follow You wherever You lead. I pray, Lord, that You would make us sensitive to any area in our life where we're not trusting You and that You would help us to obey. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.